Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Hello, thank you for joining us for this episode of Informatics Bites, the podcast where we talk with members about innovation in pharmacy and hot topics in informatics. And this is the first in a podcast series on pharmacy informatics women leaders made possible by the ASHP section of Pharmacy Informatics and Technologies Executive Committee. My name's Amy Hug, and I'm the director uh, for SOPIT. And shortly, we'll have a discussion with recipients of the section's Distinguished Service Award winners, uh, Sylvia Belfort and Barbara Giacomelli and Anna Drager. So first, let's start with a little background. SOPIT connects informaticists who share common professional interests and goals. Members include specialists in adverse settings of pharmacy informatics and healthcare technology, data science, and other areas of innovation and digital health. Our mission is from uh, collaboration to provide a collective voice on best practices and, and issues related to the use of HIT for medication use processes across the continuum of care and the advancement of pharmacy informatics as a specialty practice. Our vision is to ensure that HIT is used to ensure that medication use processes are optimal, safe, and effective for all people all the time. We'll be having conversations now with these prominent women leaders in SOPIT who've been recognized by ASHP and the, the section for their sustained service and contributions and whose volunteer activities have supported our mission and the advancement of the profession in informatics. So I wanna say congratulations to all of you on your Distinguished Service Awards, and especially to Anna, who's the most recent awardee for 2021. So thank you everyone for being here with us. By way of introduction, um, please tell us about your background and maybe how you got started in informatics and where you are now and what role. Can we start with Sylvia? Yeah, thank you, Amy. Thanks for having me on this podcast. So as I reflect on this, I should share with you that I'm a Xennial. So I got my first email in my first year of college. I did have some jobs without email, but technology was really in play for my entire professional career. And so while I worked as a technician in chain store retail pharmacy during pharmacy school, I became very interested in how their computer system worked, the corporate database that supported our work. How the heck was this coming across the miles into our computer system? So I completed my Doctor of Pharmacy degree at the University of Wisconsin, and I actually remember being one of only a handful who took an elective that was on computers and pharmacy. I became interested in medication safety, healthcare improvement. It was also around the time that the IOM reports were coming out on um, to air as humid and crossing the quality chasm. So healthcare leaders as a whole were really looking at what technology could do, as well as pharmacy leaders. So I decided to complete my residency at the University of Wisconsin Hospital and Clinics, where I did the health system pharmacy administration residency and also received my master's at the same time in pharmacy. And we had to take some classes in that master's program on healthcare systems engineering, and we had some leading experts working with us on socio-technical systems. So I stayed there at UW Hospital and Clinics. That was my first job. I worked actually in inpatient clinical services and in our medication safety officer role. So I worked hard to make sure we use technology to its fullest to address any issues in our medication use system. We were very progressive in technology at that time, but we still had plenty to do. 
I was there and moved into an informatics role. That was my first informatics role as we started to implement EPIC at the UW Hospital and Clinics. And then I had the privilege of being involved with EPIC and other clinical systems at Sanford Health before I came to Mayo Clinic, where I also helped implement EPIC and other clinical systems. My current work though is as an administrator with our clinical systems education department. So our team helps support all of the new clinicians coming into Mayo, all the physicians, nurses, schedulers, and others with their educational needs. We actually don't train pharmacy. I, I'm outside of the pharmacy department, but we partner with them on their educational needs, but they've got their own training team. And then I also help support EHR user experience for all of our clinicians in, in every um, area. Our user experience team works with proponents and project leaders and our vendors to ensure we've got the experience that we need. Thank you, Sylvia. Anna, can you go next and please share with us? Yeah, hello. I have a little bit different background from what Sylvia just described. I started pharmacy when we were still using paper charts and writing everything by hand. So I've seen the progression of informatics development in, in pharmacy. I also received my Bachelor of Pharmacy degree at the University of Wisconsin at Madison, and I did a residency at St. Mary's Hospital Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota after that. And I worked there as a clinical pharmacist, um, staff pharmacist for many years working in different settings and watching the development of pharmacy information systems implemented multiple times, independent pharmacy systems, and then systems that started integrating with other parts of the organization and documentation. And then I actually had the opportunity to work on a um, customer care and billing system outside of pharmacy. And I learned a great deal about the development process for software development and testing and how those skills um, or how that whole process developed over time. And when I came back to pharmacy after that experience, I worked as an operations manager at a medium-sized hospital, St. John's Hospital in, in Maplewood, Minnesota. And during the time that I was the operations manager there, we implemented a pharmacy, implement, a pharmacy system. Then we also implemented uh, robot med carousel for automation. And then we moved on to um, bedside barcoding, medication bedside barcoding. And I think it was through that experience that I really developed the interest in informatics and, and the desire to understand how those projects worked and how to implement them and how important it was to include all of the different users within the organization that would be impacted by each of those projects. And I think even more so it was um, identifying um, how, how important each of the users was in developing the project and, and making it successful. And since then I have moved officially into an informatics position and have helped implement EPIC um, at our Health East organization. And uh, most recently was part of the process of integrating with another system and merging two EPIC systems into one. And so that has been my most recent experience. I also have had the opportunity to work a lot with um, infusion pumps and maintaining the library and understanding not just 
how the library is maintained and how important it is to manage that within pharmacy, but also all of the other processes that are needed to support something like an infusion pump and how that integrates with the system, um, with all of the other systems that are working, as well as all the people that are involved with making all of these informatic systems work together. So that's where I am now. That's awesome. Thanks, Anna. Barbara, can you share with us, please? Sure. Um, Barbara Giacomelli, happy to be here today. And like Anna, I started in pharmacy when it was all paper charts. <laughs> Hard to believe it's come such a long way throughout my career. I have a bachelor's from the University of Connecticut. And then I have an MBA from Widener University outside Philadelphia and a doctor of pharmacy degree from the University of Colorado. I started my career as a PGY1 resident at a community hospital. And from there, I took a supervisory role at a health a hospital in the Philadelphia market. During that experience, I had the opportunity to lead a implementation of a pharmacy um, computer system, really helping build it from scratch. And that's where my interest in informatics began. I have always seen the value of technology and automation and advancing the pharmacy practice, freeing up pharmacists to be more clinically active, use of technicians really as the leaders in the automation and distribution process. And I continue that role today as a consultant with McKesson Health Systems. I started with McKesson 11 years ago, really focused on automation and expanding the automation footprint in health systems across the country. And moving from that role, I now lead a team of consultants and uh, technician advisors, working with health systems, primarily using data and analytics to help improve processes in pharmacy whether it's controlling the cost in a supply chain, expanding the retail and ambulatory footprint, or the growing area of specialty pharmacy. That's really where I've been working in my career. That's great, Barbara. Thank you so much. I, I want to just point out to the listeners that the diversity is remarkable for these three leaders in pharmacy informatics. So I think the next question should be, what made you want to get involved with ASHP and informatics specifically? Sylvia, can you start? Sure. Thank you, Amy. I got involved with ASHP certainly as a student. I was actually our student section president um, as part of our organization that was an umbrella organization, the Wisconsin Society of Pharmacy Students. So I always knew that ASHP would be part of my future as well as I started to see where my career was headed. ASHP created the section of pharmacy informatics and technology early in my career. It was a couple of years after I finished my residency that the section was officially created. And I knew even prior to that, there were a lot of educational opportunities for informatics individuals. There were many informaticists starting to collaborate and present on the great work that they did as they were implementing new technologies and new systems. So I would say I came for the education and I stayed for the collaboration. As I started to work on some of the different section advisory groups that were created at the initial point that the section was created, I really found that like-minded community and individuals across the country who are trying to solve the same puzzles that we were. Um, it felt good to know that, you know, that uphill challenge we might have all had at one point of implementing CPOE 
we were not alone. We felt alone in our organization and trying to figure out medication ordering processes on behalf of physicians. But on the flip side, we could see a community within ASHP. And I really felt that um, understanding. Education is key for me. So as I had a chance to move from the section advisory groups, I got elected onto the executive committee and then helped to promote and really start the pharmacy informatics certificate program back in 2014. And I've continued to be an instructor there. And then I was able to also be part of the chair um, role with the section. And that was really an honor to also see at another level the great work being done by informaticists across the country several years after the section was created and how important the section was to our profession. That's great, Sylvia. Thank you so much. Anna, you want to go next again? Thank you, Amy. Like Sylvia, I, I actually started in the informatics section because I I needed to know more for myself, and I didn't know where to find that information, and ASHP provided the best opportunity to, to work, as Sylvia said, with like-minded people to learn what I didn't know and learn how to learn what I didn't know and how to learn more about all the things that were coming forward, and I found ASHP to be a perfect opportunity for me to share what I have learned over the years, as well as gain a huge amount of information for myself and meet some amazing people to help me grow and bring things back to my organization, as well as share what I've had as far as experiences over the years. So it's, it's probably mostly been collaboration and learning that have inspired me the most in ASHP. Great, thank you, Anna. Barb, you wanna go uh, again next? So ASHP has really guided my whole career, starting as a resident to where I am today. I've always relied on ASHP for guidance, direction, best practices, and that's how I became involved. I wanted to um, not only learn from ASHP, but be able to give back. I joined the informatics section because of my interest in automation and technology and software and saw it as a great opportunity to form some of the best practices in advanced pharmacy. I've always uh, believed and seen the value of the pharmacist and the technician in the role of providing care to the patient. And ASHP has just been integral to that for myself and the profession. And I think of how far the profession has come over the last 30 years in my career. That's fantastic. I'm glad you all are involved. Um, you've obviously made huge contributions and those are much appreciated, not only from ASHP, from, but from the members and the pharmacy informatics community. I'm curious to know what you've enjoyed the most so far of all of your activities or projects in informatics and why. So Barbara, we'll switch it up and start with you. Oh, okay. Uh so what I enjoy most about informatics, it, it's not just doing a job, it's seeing a beginning to an end and the progression in between and the, the opportunity to keep improving. So you start with a project plan, you have a vision of what you wanna accomplish, what the software or the automation can accomplish for you. And being a part of that has been very exciting. One of my key jobs or roles um, and projects that I was involved with in the past was 
bringing the pharmacy from a paper profile to a totally computerized uh, program and service, and then going beyond that to implement robotics in a centralized model to be able to provide distribution functions across three hospitals in the South Jersey area, which freed up pharmacists time, created uh, such a high performing and efficient operation. It's always a project I've been very proud of, uh, going from manual to totally automation. Most recently, I've been involved in a project at McKesson working with a rather, rather large health system in the southern part of the United States taking, again, a process of distribution out of the pharmacy in a centralized model, so to free up the uh, technician workforce, because today that seems to be a growing shortage area, and being able to help that organization set that process up in order to free up their limited resources to really focus on patient care, the pharmacist and the technician in this time of the pandemic. Thanks, Barb. Uh, Sylvia, you want to go now? Sure, thank you. So similar to Barb, I think the outcomes of the projects and activities that I've been involved in is what I've enjoyed the most. I do also really like that collaboration of working with pe people and frankly, I'm a puzzle solver. So I like seeing something big, complex, it looks too large to solve, and then you break it down, you work through it, you work with all the individuals in a and I talked about this earlier, you get to be connected with so many great individuals who are trying to support the different systems and then you get it done. Um, right now I'm helping launch one of those projects. It's very intriguing what we need to do, how we support it. Um, when I think of one of the projects that I enjoyed the most, it actually was the project I worked on way back in my residency. It was a, um, changing our robotic dispensing system within the pharmacy. Um, it was our overall change. We went from um, a decentralized distribution model to a more centralized distribution model. And I remember working through how the robot worked, how the pharmacy system worked. Um, they were both in live. They were both live before my project. We worked through all sorts of changes. And then day of go live, it didn't work like we thought it did. And I remember talking to the manager of the system, like, that's not how it's supposed to work. And I'm like, but it is how it's working. So how do we fix this? And that I think got me into the um, you know, understanding of you're really solving complex problems. You might have to do it on the fly, best laid plans are best laid plans. And how do you work through this in a you know, very busy hospital setting where suddenly it's not working the way you thought it did. So. Um, that's really carried me throughout my career. Every implementation I've done, we've always worked through who's making decisions the day of go live. How are we going to do a, a mitigation issue if something doesn't work? Because something will um, surprise you. And uh, you got to take those surprises in stride and have a plan to how you're going to work through them. Great. That sounds like uh, typical informatics. I'm, that's, yeah. Good point. Exactly. Um, you want to go and share? Um, yeah, thank you, Amy. I, I agree with Sylvia. I like the problem solving. I like taking, taking what looks to be a difficult issue and figuring out how you make it work in whatever circumstances you have. And to some extent, this is probably terrible to say, but when the things that you don't expect happen, how do you react to them and make them happen and work 
based on what you now have to work with that you didn't realize was happening before or should have been addressed before. Um, I think for me, the bedside barcoding project that I worked on many years ago was was really what what made me love the concept of how do we take this situation that maybe not everyone is that excited about doing maybe everyone isn't quite bought into it and how do you make it happen so they do understand the value of the change and how do you address the problems that they encounter as you go live and you realize what the real workflow is i think for me it's also been a huge learning process what i see is happening out on um, on the front line isn't always what's really happening or how we've designed the process based on the information we understood versus what is actually going on. Um, I think taking all of that and putting it together into a project and making it, um, making it live and real and manageable for everyone has always been what I like best. And, and then figuring out how to improve the next rollout or the next process that you do so that you don't encounter the same problems. You'll find different ones, but you won't encounter those same problems at least. Thanks, Anna. So that, that's a good segue into um, where you see yourself in the future of informatics. So you want to continue and, and let us know um, what you think about your future. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I'm always amazed at how what I thought was going to happen and what actually happened aren't always the same thing. So I'm, I'm not sure I have a clear vision of what I'm going to be doing, but I can see how um, the informatics world I live in more and more is going to be connected. I think the pandemic has, has forced informatics to, to push forward, not just move forward, but really leap forward in terms of telemedicine and um, um, making sure that people have access to healthcare in ways they haven't had access before because we didn't have a choice, we had to do that. Um, I think that's going to, to push what we do as far as pharmacists and in, informaticists in pharmacy um, in, to, make, to make healthcare more accessible. Um, and so I, I, don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna be doing specifically, but I think I'm excited to see what happens in terms of, of the, the people coming behind me and how, how we push forward to make things better, more robust. Um, it'll be exciting. Thanks, Anna. Barbara, do you wanna share with us on the future of informatics and where you see yourself? Sure, I agree with Anna. Um, the pandemic also going to electronic prescribing and the full EMR has really blurred the lines between just a pharmacy information system and a, a physician ordering system and nursing documentation. It seems to be very integrated. And that to me is where the future is with informatics. And it's, it's an integrated um, process with telemedicine and different connection points. And there isn't just, you know, hospital pharmacy versus retail versus specialty. Everything is crossing over and integration is key 
to the future of healthcare. For me personally, I see my role moving um, from direct implementation and project lead to really a mentoring and coaching role. So I find myself getting more involved with those who are newer into the profession of informatics or newer to project management and using data and analytics. And I, I find that professionally fulfilling as well, is working not just with teams as a, a lead, but also as a mentor and a coach. Yes, I agree. Thanks, Barbara. Uh, Silvio, um, would you share with us, please, about your future in informatics? Sure. So like Aunt Anna and Barb said that technology has really evolved and been pushed forward with the pandemic. We're also into, I think, that next phase of technologies with cloud computing. We've got APIs, not just interfaces that we're working with. We know digital health is out there. It's not just a buzzword. It's an active um, area where organizations are exploding and um, exploring what they can do and what services need to be provided through health systems. And then a lot of places outside of our, our typical health systems are building um, care modules as well. So we have a lot of opportunity to care for patients in different ways, within and outside a facility, within and outside a pharmacy. And so personally, I just see myself continuing to solve these complex problems and help support our clinicians. Um, not exactly sure in what way to be able to do that, whether it's directly working through this or like Barb said, helping coach and mentor others who are. Um, but we recognize too, and if things are not getting less complex. And so being able to solve these problems, it's just continuing to get more complex. And at the end of the day, you've got to know that you've got a safe system that's effective, that provides the quality that you've got. And that takes a lot of effort, not just to stand up and go, but to continue to maintain and um, support very busy organizations. So that's what I see in the future. And that, you know, I just, continue to be part of a team that's going to be working through all of that. Awesome. Thanks, Sylvia. I really want to comment again on how your contributions are so important to the profession of pharmacy and informatics and ASHP. So thank you for volunteering your time for all of us. And um, well, that's about all the time though we have for this session. So I want to thank you again and we were discussing Pharmacy Informatics, Women Leaders Distinguished Service. So if you haven't checked it out before, I want y'all to check out ASHP's Informatics Resource Center. And you can find offerings there online, including articles and standards and guidelines and practice tools for Pharmacy Informatics and HIT. And please watch for our next podcast in the Informatics Pharmacy Women Leaders, made possible by the SOPIT Executive Committee, when we'll be talking more with ASHP informatics experts on leadership and practice journeys in informatics and technology. Thanks for tuning in to this session of Informatics Bites. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.